You're listening to SM Media, the number one place for exclusive content. Hi everyone, welcome to the latest episode of the Scottish Football Show right here on SM Media. I'm Scott McPike, pleasure to be your host as always. We've got a very interesting and intriguing show this week. We've got a lot to get through and it's been an eventful week in Scottish football. Joined as always by Mark Wilson. Mark, how are we this weekend? It's been a bit newsworthy, isn't it? Yeah, a lot's going on, but I'm so happy to be on the show with Mark Shankland, who has now, despite being a Scottish Junior Cup legend, is now a professional Scottish Cup legend after <laughs> yesterday. But absolutely honoured to be on the show. And it's always me, Charlie too. We're, we're delighted to have Shankers on. After his interview with BBC yesterday, we thought he might have been, been stolen. But Shankers, you're here. How, what, how are you after the weekend? A brilliant result, brilliant goal. You must be as high as a kite. Oh, I were, we're happy to, to get through it in the next round and and we the draw the day and we've got a, a tie that, that we'll fancy ourselves again. So I just happy to be on the BBC thing. I, I don't get like Rory, I've no big time when BBC asked me for to speak with them. I just it's water off a duck's back with me, Rory. I mean, here's Rory not appearing on the show tonight because we've got a BBC gig this week. So anyway. Live in TV as well. So that's that's something to take. Take note of Berwick versus Gretna. He's told me to plug the show, but he's off doing his notes, so he won't be on tonight. But we brought in Charlie Richmond. Charlie, it's a pleasure to welcome you on the show as always. A very eventful week. How? What was your kind of highlight of the weekend? Me? There's only one result this weekend. It's unbelievable. All roads led to Meda Park. And a tough tie. Meda. As much as they get the penalty, in my opinion, it was a penalty at the time. They didn't cut us open. They didn't. They didn't look as if they were going to uh, bombard us. The, the the Andy Leishman, the first save, it's a, it's a ball across the box and it's a deflection in. It wasn't as if it cut us open. It's a great save for there. But the turning moment um, was his second save. I think if. if Kyle Folds is going through one and one. Andy's coming out to him. My opinion, if Kyle goes to the side, I think he taps it into an empty net because of the way Andy's coming out. But it's a great save. And and Talbot got a lift for that. And then within minutes, they score one uh, brilliant goal. And we're good pal there, scores a second. And then I think they were talking about, oh, the Meda were, were this flat. And I, I think their heads just went down. They were like, we're bait here. And because they hadn't created chance after chance, I couldn't see them even getting a, a, a chance at goal. Uh, never, never mind scoring uh, and run over the top. And, and brilliant uh, into the next round, as as Mark says, a wee trip away through to, to uh, Edinburgh away to Preston. So delighted, absolutely delighted. Brilliant. We are going to dissect the Scottish Cup later on in the week in the Scottish Football Show Extra. But we're going to take a look at what's been happening in the SPFL this weekend. It's been a very busy week, a lot been going on. The Premiership, we'll start off with the three games on Saturday. We'll start with Aberdeen now, St Johnston won. First league one of the season for St Johnston, held on well. Former uh, Aberdeen striker Stevie May get the winning goal. Wilson, no wins in eight games for Aberdeen. 
you've mentioned before, and Rory's mentioned it as well, about the pressure maybe mounting on Stephen Glass. Do you think that's valid after this weekend? It's another poor, poor result for Aberdeen. Absolutely, and it's merited. I always think that, you know, when you look at the results, you haven't been great. Performances in Europe, um, League Cup, etc. But I think you saw yesterday Stephen Glass's interview with the BBC after the game, and it shows you the pressure is mounting. You know, I kind of saw a couple of times last year, Jack Ross was a wee bit the same, and Hibs were under the cosh a wee bit in games and losing semi-finals. They start to react to the reporters if it's, you know, their fault for asking questions. So, yeah, I would agree that Stephen Glass is under pressure because he's made a few signings. He's been given a few quid to get to get people in. He can talk, and I'm, I'm going to touch on this when it comes to analysis of other games, talk about a brand of football. I'm sure everyone would like to have a brand of football, but if you don't have the players that can play your brand of football, then you're in big trouble. You need to adapt to what your players can actually do rather than trying to give them something that they can't do. Um, and I do think Stephen Glass is under big pressure. Charlie, what was your thoughts in St Johnson's 1-0 victory over Aberdeen? Yeah, I'm going to back up what uh, Mark says there 100%. The managers come in and say the brand of football, but it's getting the players for that side of things. I don't know what the brand of football Stephen Glass is trying to play because it's not as if it's guy fast-flowing football where it's chance after chance after chance. They is it glass ball? Maybe. <laughs> they say, hey, the, the, glass, the glass is maybe going to smash. Uh, <laughs> there. But um, yeah, and, and you're right. Put under pressure, managers react and, and all of a sudden... A simple question from a from a reporter can be took right out of a context in there. But I said uh, last time I was on with these guys, I think you'll see a difference in St. Johnson when they go out of Europe because I don't think they had the squad to cope with the Thursday, uh, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday. Now they're out, I think you'll see St. Johnson kicking on big time now. And uh, again, they defended well and, and they take their chance. It's... It's a bit of a kind of scarf goal. Could you could the goalkeeper have maybe done better? But they take the three points and they move on. And Glass needs to get not just a, a performance and a result, but three, four, five on the bounce. Shan, because obviously Aberdeen losing at home is a, a big result for obviously a big newsworthy result. But you've got to give credit to St. Johnson for the victory. What was your kind of overall thoughts in the game? Would you kind of go along with what the guy say? I just, as this Charlie said, you just have to back up what, what both of them have been saying. Aberdeen's been through a, a real tough time you now, and see when you when you're in that that place where you you kind of seem to find a find a win, you don't know where the next win's coming from, and things don't go your way. Sometimes when you're on a, a winning run, you got a wee bit of luck, and everything goes your way, and it's always the opposite when when you're doing there and, and you're losing games or drawing games, and nothing seems to be going your way, and, and a team like Aberdeen, they have to be up third place, has got to be their aim uh, season after season. And if they're not there, it just, just shows how good a job uh, Derek McInnes done uh, year in, year out with Aberdeen. And, and I don't think he was appreciated enough by probably the supporters now. And maybe the supporters will, will look back and think it's a, it's a case of be careful what you wish for because they all want to come out the club for a poor run of form. And, and now the new manager's come in and, and he's kind of brand of football as Wilson and Charlie says that the players that he's got maybe are not capable of it and maybe just have to get back to basics and, and try and get, go on a wee run and, and pick up points as much as they can but they're in, a, they're in a sticky spot and if they keep this run going then 
I, I think he could end up losing his job. I think it's one of the ones that they want to only stay persistent with him and, and keep him until until things uh, go. And it could end up Scott Brown uh, get, getting the job or something like that. I don't know how that would work out, but he certainly needs to start picking up points and doing it quicker. Well, so we've touched on this before about Stephen Glass. Obviously, he's, it's his first kind of big job in management, but he's obviously been... <clears throat> Not maybe promoted from within, but obviously the, the Aberdeen had the connection to Atlanta. He was there as a coach. Jim that will buy him a bit more time. The fact that he's kind of already been associated with the club and the club kind of know what he's about. Is that valid? Or? Yeah, I mean, I think it's certainly valid. And as I say, I was going to touch on this later on. You know, as Mark said about expectations for Aberdeen finishing third, you know, semi-finals, cup finals, whatever. Are Aberdeen fans, they're on the same boat as Celtic fans, how, how long do you get for a plan? Because if you went to Aberdeen and say, we're going to get Stephen Glass in with this five-year plan, Aberdeen fans will be thinking, well, we'll wait, hold the bus right. here. Exactly the same. And I've touched on the show many, many times about a Celtic fan's going to give the same amount of time to push the coglo that Rangers fans gave Stephen Gerrard. I was going to touch that with you later on. But... Nothing to show for it. I don't think so. Um, I think, you know, and as I say, he's a young manager. Yeah, you know, let's get the new guys in. Let's see their ideas, etc. But... If something's broken, it needs fixed. And Aberdeen, I don't think, can afford to be even thinking about finishing in the bottom six because they're not exactly, you know, they're not as if they're beating everybody else and losing to the old firm. You know, they're, they're losing to the teams that you would expect them to beat, especially at home. Yeah. So, as I say, I, I think I think they would possibly, depending on, you know, where they are, but I, I would think, you know, if they're not sitting third, fourth, fifth by the new year, then I think a possible change can be made. We'll move on to the game at Easter Road. Hibs 2, St Mirren 2. Eamon Brophy gave St Mirren the lead before. Hibs get back in front with McGinn and Boyle from the spot before Joe Shaughnessy scored their equaliser for St Mirren. Charlie, Hibs looked tired, I would say. They didn't play overly well. Obviously, a bit of brilliance for Scott Allen gets them back into the game and then it's a contentious penalty. We'll say that. I think it is a penalty, but I can see the case for it not being... What was your overall thoughts in the, the game? Was it a fair result in the end, do you think? When you look when you look at it from a neutral point of view, yes, uh, a two-each draw for there. But if you look at it from the, the fact you're a Hibs supporter, Hibs had a problem last season with home form and it looks as if it's going to be the same again. And what you'll find more often than not is Hibs will play on the Saturday with the chance of going top because of the, the European football for the old firm. And if they can't take that, okay, once is a slip-up, but it's two, three, and four, again, it, it then becomes a bit of a, 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 a noose around your neck. And probably this is the first time that an opportunity to go out and batter St Man and win comfortably shows everybody, we're okay at home now, but um, as it longer it goes on, crowd are thinking, oh no, here we go again from that point. Um, they, they, they didn't look as as flowing and, and as, as what they have been, again, with the big names up front. Uh, I just thought, yeah, that would be a good thing to say, Scott. They did look tired, but look tired from what? Mm -hmm. yeah. we will mention Scott Allen as well. Obviously, great to see him back in a football park after all he's been through. Obviously, with his heart problems and things like that. It's a bit of brilliance for Scott. It's a brilliant pass to play in Paul McGinn, who scores an excellent goal. 
did you kind of think as well that Habs maybe looked tired and how can I please by you to see Scott Allen back kind of doing what he does Scott Allen's a, a player I've, I've always liked and and years years ago when he was linked to Rangers he was one of the I was one of the ones that was in favour for it because I think he were, he were a suited uh, Rangers team at the time uh, it's just good to see him back and, and he's probably one of the few players that, that is capable of uh, that kind of type of pass to there's, there's only f- I'm not saying few players, but there is there is only probably in say Hibs team, he's probably the only one of the ones. Him maybe uh, the the boy in the middle that was that used to be at St. Mon. McKenis or McGinnis. I think they McGinnis. two are probably two of the only kind of players that are capable of seeing a pass like that. Uh, so as don't get me wrong, you, you still have to finish it off and it's finished off uh, wonderfully for McGinn, but I think now Scott Allen will be looking at what watched his interview and and the manager is going to be thinking right we need to work a way to get him into this team now because yeah. if he's he's the one that can get on the ball and unlock passes and if he's getting his bit in front of him I think how many goals he would score with, with uh, Scott Allen seeing passes in behind for him but I'm struggling again a lot of a lot of teams up the top dropping points this weekend we'll come on to it later on but it's a month probably worthy a point. Don't think see, it is a penalty. I agree hundred percent. It's a penalty, but I think that goes on in a, most most games every single week. So aye, it happens and, at the other end as well, and it's aye, that's it's, probably a penalty as well. Which that was maybe more blatantly obvious than aye, some. But there is pushing and pulling every single week. So so where is the the boundary? How how far does it go? Uh, we is if. <laughs> If as soon as you get your arms in somebody, are you going to have to give a penalty or does it have to get to the point where you're pulling them to the ground or something like that? This happened a lot and some are given and some are only given, so it is a bit of a, a hard one. Uh, but I think it is a penalty because how blatantly always it is, but it does it does happen a lot in, in most games at, at all levels of football. So it's just, just where, where the boundary is for what is deemed a penalty and, and what is it. Do you think they are both penalties, Charlie? Yeah. Yes. They are yeah. both like that's baffle as yeah. well because you can't really yeah. separate those incidents, can you? That's what I like. I kind of wonder about why, how, how do yes, you get them so different? The, the, the thing that gets me is why do you need a jersey pull? Aye. I know your, your, your automatic reaction is I'm out of position, the guy's got a yard on me. My natural reaction is to pull him back. Also, when you see this, the second one, Porteous is cute, but mm. it. He, he draws the attention into it and he gets yellow carded, but he still keeps the... And what you see as well is Porteous then wraps his arm round about and, and effectively to say, look, I'm trying to get away from him. And he's rugby, he's basically rugby tackling him for that, for that point. I'm all right. I'm all right with players locking arms and, and going together because you're both at it. But as soon as you wrap it round about, there's only one thing in your mind that you're you're trying to do. You're trying to stop him getting that yeah. yard over the top and the shirt pull as well. There's, there's no part of football for shirt pull. And it doesn't say, can uh, a wee shirt pull or a big shirt pull. No part of it. Um, so for me, the penalties, yeah. Wilson, obviously, we'll we'll, t- we'll ask your thoughts on the refer- the the referee's decision for the two penalties. But yeah, your old pal Jim Goodwin, he's he's out again with a wee rant about the referees. Yeah, it's smart music to your ears. Absolutely, because they're all absolutely hopeless. <laughs> uh, except Charlie, except Charlie. 
Now, again, it just Shanker's 100% right. You know, if it happens 100 times, again, there'd be 100 penalties. No. Um, and as Charlie definitely touched on, you know, Portis is cute with it. You know, he, he brings attention to himself because you're thinking, how, how else are they going to stop me as such without fouling me? Um, so, yeah, both penalties for me as well. What I would say with Hibs, though, again, big game. Big game again for Hibs. Can't do it. Same as semi-finals and finals. They just they have a kind of phobia. Um, as Charles says, we're going to top of the league, etc. So, nah. and I think, see, I, I think with the Hibs now, I mean, I see, I went through to Easter Road to watch Kilmarnock in the Cup against them. It wasn't, but I, did, I mean, I, I could see the guy, they were a Premier League team and, and you know, Kelly Allen. But I think if you can nullify Boyle, then Hibs are, Hibs are average at best. I mean, I know Nisbet scores goals, but see if somebody up big physical against him, it amazes me to see him in a Scotland squad sometimes. It really does. Um, I think. At the time when Scotland were kind of twirling for strikers, obviously Naismith was kind of getting to the end. Um, Griffiths was, his seat was blown up at Celtic. And then you had like Shanklin, Nisbet, Brophy, and no ne- offence, none of them are international class for me. We want for St. Man as well, Wilson. It's a, it's a good point for them. Like you, They must be kind of, this, Jim Goodwin kind of said, they weren't pleased with a point, but obviously Brophy, it's a good finish for Brophy as well. I know it takes a deflection, but well, it was really well that, for the goal. That's, that's what, and I think that's where Brophy strides a bit, because he obviously played up front of his own at Kilmarnock, you know, and he, he likes to play up front of his own, and that's what he does. He just shuffles his feet and hits a shot. Now, he's going to score one out of ten, you know, but that one, you know, you know will count. Um, I thought the keeper could have done a lot better than he did, to be fair yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, he's just going... So Munn struggled to go to score goals last season. So going away to Easter Road and scoring two, you're probably thinking on that side of things we maybe even win the game with that. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm still not convinced about sitting on this year. I think they've they've signed a lot of players. I just don't know if they kind of jail quickly, but that's maybe a restarting point for them getting a point yesterday. Yeah, and there's another another game on Saturday that took place at finishing finishing a two-all draw. Ross County against Hearts. Hearts took the lead through Liam Boyce, who's a former Ross County player before. Blair Spittle got, the, got two goals to bring Ross County uh, into the lead before Kingsley with a brilliant free kick. Shankers, was that a kind of deserved point for Ross County? But how can I... I thought, I thought Hearts played excellent, but again, we're a bit sloppy. We'll come on to another team later on who I felt were the same. But Ross County, a great point for Ross County. It's been a hard start, but that must be a, kind of, a big point they'll take for that. I definitely, I think, the all the game, Ross County, oh, they're obviously the home side, but my hearts have been doing pretty well this season, so I probably took a point be- before the game. But get up to one, uh, they'd probably be disappointed. Uh, no, my way we all three, but it's hard to hard to argue with, with Kingsley's free kick. It's, it's a moment, a moment of magic to, to make the point. I, I'm not, <laughs> I watched Boyce's go and then I know he. Ross County and that, but he's dead like sorry and all that because he scored. I'm, I absolutely hate that man. No a fan of that at all. Uh, Would you have done no, that if he'd scored against them the the Scottish Cup game? I, I, that's what I did. <laughs> I would have been tapping shots, tapping shots and everything. Oh. <laughs> I didn't even score the goal when I was running by them with the hand at the. Uh, I'm not. I'm not a fan of that. Like I know he was a good servant to Ross County and, and scored a lot of goals and that for them. But in that team, no, uh, score a goal and go and celebrate everybody else. But Hearts, Hearts have been doing pretty well so far. They, they were bringing up there uh, expecting to get to get all three points. But 
point. It's probably probably a fair reflection of the game and, and end up and Ross County will take a point and, and get on with it. They'll, they'll be scrapping for points uh, every game this season, so uh, every point will count for, for them. That's for sure. Wilson, what was your thoughts on Ross County 2, Hearts 2? Yeah, I'm all, I'm all, I'm always gutted, you know, when Hearts get any points. To be honest, but <laughs> it pain, it pains me even more when Boyce scores because Rory's tapped him to be top scorer. Whereas I, <laughs> I knew I'm slotting them. I, I Rory, Rory tapped Boyce to be top scorer, I so that upsets me a wee bit when he scores. Um, but yeah, I, I always just think. I mean, I think maybe twice when I was doing a wee bit of coaching, went to Dingwall. And I just think, you know, you got there, you think you, just, you were delighted with a point because it takes you three and a half weeks to get there and six and a half weeks home. <laughs> uh, it's a lovely place, don't get me wrong, but wow, what a journey. And I th- as I say, maybe not just now, but see, like, you know, December, January, February, getting up there, even if it's midweek, you're, you're, you're happy with a point regardless of how you play. But it was a good game. It was a decent game to watch. And it's a lovely wee scene because, again, the smaller scene, but the crowd's on top of you as well. And Hearts always take a, a good support. So, um, I, I think I draw. I think I draw was a fair result. Charlie, what was your thoughts in the the Ross County Hearts game? Was that a fair result, Ned? I think again, uh, sitting in the fence with the neutral aspect. Yes, Ross County would be absolutely delighted to get the the not so much give the, the game away. It was as much as a, as a good free kick. I thought the goalkeeper positioned himself at the wrong side of the ball. I thought it was crying out for a left footer yeah, to go that right. side, and I thought he would have set up the wall the other side and took it across with him for there. Ross County will be delighted. It steadies the pressure on Malky. Um, so he'll he'll be I've taken a lot of positives from there. Hearts, I think Hearts will be raging. Middle to front, they're a good team. Yeah, they their, defense, well, their defense at the moment is is leaking. And apart from the first game of the season, I don't think that have they kept a clean sheet? I might be proved wrong. But might have just been the Hibs game. Um, but the defense is a wee bit rocking because Ross County's goals were no really great goals. And you've got four or five men behind the ball, and it's just a, a it's a shot. Twice they're just good shots in, in the ball, and a good strike into the corner. But the defenders are there to to go and push and face it for there. So I think Hearts will be really disappointed that uh, they've come away from. Uh, and I love the expression. I love it's a difficult place to go. It's a difficult place to go. And they've got quality in their team. They're sitting second bottom. Where's Ross County's quality? And, they, and that's what I love about managers coming out and that and a difficult place to go in quality. So hearts will be raging. Ross County will be delighted. We will I just, move. I've just looked, sorry. I was just looking back, trying to refresh. I remember Kingsley's feet. I was just looking at the goalie's position. He's actually set up a wall and then stood behind it. He's positioned that across the other side, which I can't. I can't he's, he's almost shown Kingsley can where he had it, and then mm-hmm. that is baffling. Like. We'll move into Sunday. We'll start off with the Dundee Derby. Dundee United won. Dundee now Hearts with the the late goal. Charlie, it was a poor game. It was a pretty kind of non-event until the last ten minutes, where it really got going. Hearts yeah. with a with a winning goal. Probably the United probably just did deserve the, the win after that, but it wasn't a it wasn't a great indeed derby, was it? No, for it, uh, first half littered with fouls, got a lot of 50 50 challenges, a lot of good hard challenges, a lot of good uh, professional fouls for that point of view. So half time both delighted uh, to be nothing each for there. 
Again, Hearts gets the ball out of his feet, takes it away and gets a shot. The, the Dundee left back, I think, could have come in and blocked it. See, when you saw a lot of his teammates throwing their bodies in the line, and get, I thought he could have done it. Maybe the goalkeeper had got, got a better hand on it for there. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually praise McPake. McPeak made a decision and he took off McGowan and brought on Cummins to go and try and win the game. Yeah. <clears throat> and it unfortunately backfired on him. But he's sitting there and you can see the conversation he's had and he says, Ken, what? We'll just go for it. We'll go for it. And, and the unlucky. Rather than just sit in and, and take it. But in saying that, Dundee had two quality chances right in the last uh, 10 minutes when again... Uh, boys on the line, clearing it off the line, and again, uh, not very often you say Charlie made a brilliant tackle, but uh, I think what's his name? I forgot his second name. Edwards. No, Edwards clears it off the line, but Chad McGrew, Charlie McGrew makes a great tackle as well to stop it for there. So, um, Dundee United will be delighted um, to get it because it's bragging rights in the town, but I think Dundee will be, will just be unlucky, but. Credit to McPake for making the decision to go for it. Yeah, Wilson, both teams well structured, trying not to kind of concede, obviously just hoping for a bit of luck. And the day United got it, but it was kind of that, that kind of game, wasn't it? It was just whoever kind of gets the bit of luck will win the game. Yeah, well, well neither manager will be saying about the quality on show because that <laughs> no. was cer- certainly a part that was, it was turgid to watch, to be honest. The only, the only thing I could have touched on, you know, was. What about Griffith's free kick at the end? What what on earth are you thinking in the 90th minute? You put everyone forward. You know what I mean? And you're just thinking, just put it in the box, bit of height, bit of pace, you know, take a 50-50. And he slants into the, the side net, a wee bit of sclaffed at Shanker's man yesterday. Um, <laughs> and I just thought of that, that, that kind of summed up. Um, now, again, it's an interesting point, you know. I, James McPay took the gamble and went for it, but they still lost the game. <laughs> you know what? I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying if you know if he didn't make that substitution, he would have lost. But I, I always think, especially being the away team, you know, um, I, I would have. I would have thought mm, maybe maybe just camp. I maybe bring on an extra midfielder or something and just go with a one up top. You know, to, to to try and see the game out. Um, but maybe, maybe I mean James McPay knew that maybe the game was there for taking, but they still they still lost the game. Um, so, but I, it was absolutely rubbish to watch. Let's let's move on for that. Okay, we'll give Shankers a word on it quickly. Shankers, give us your thoughts on Dundee United 1 Dundee now. I actually didn't think it was as bad a game as, as what they're making out. I didn't mind. I thought, like, some Mulgrew and that, uh, kind of making last ditch blocks and stuff like that. I think there was kind of quite a few chances. It was an old fashioned derby, wasn't it? It was. Like... Aye, it was and if it was not in each, if it finished 0 0, I would actually be disappointed because I thought the game did deserve it. A few goals. I'm not saying it was, and it was a, a wonderful game, a masterclass or anything like that. But I don't think it was a bad game to watch, although it was only like a one 0 game. But uh, Dundee United probably had, uh, Dundee sorry, probably had the the better chances in the second half, and probably disappointed notice for uh, a goal. But I was actually disappointed with the the goalie for for the, the Dundee United goal. I think. I, I thought it could have done better as well. When you watched. When I watched it like in live, I thought it was straight in the corner, but I didn't realise he actually got two hands to it and it still went in the net. So I think for him, he'll, he'll be a bit uh, disappointed with that. Uh, I thought James, when Charlie was saying about Paul McGowan, I thought James would just subbed him off because he's here, though. <laughs> <laughs> that, 
That is absolutely atrocious. And somebody in the team needs to have a word with him. Or even if he falls asleep in the way he ain't been or something, they just need to shave that up. <laughs> absolutely atrocious. It looks like the fairway after I had a five iron. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on to the, the next game that took place on Sunday. There was obviously two games, but we'll touch on the first one. Livingston won, Celtic now. Andy Shinney gives uh, Livingston their first league one of the season. Celtic obviously fought with a third away defeat after three away games, which, Wilson, I'll start with you. It's well, Give us your overall thoughts on both sides. We'll start with Livingston. Obviously, it's a massive result for them. Well, Livingston are rubbish and they're bottom of the league because they are rubbish. <laughs> um, I, think, I think Martindale, you know, kind of led on the crest of a wave last year. When Gary Holt left, um, and he did, to be fair, did did very very well. This year again, he's not started the best. I know he picked up a point at Dundee last week, and then today, obviously, it's a, it's a, it's a great result. But don't 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 be don't be kidded on that Livingston were good. This was how Celtic were atrocious, absolutely atrocious. And this isn't this isn't going to be a turning point for Livingston, and they're going to go. You know, in a in, in a wee run and you know, no, that, agree, that agree, yeah. Livingston are the worst team in the SPL. You know, there's absolutely no doubts about that. Um, but as I say, I know and, and they deserve the credit for the result. Let, let, let's be honest. But Celtic are an absolute shambles, a, a, a absolute shambles, and they can play as as many games in Europe and qualifiers, etc. In midweek. But was it was think, it a European was it a sort of European hangover kind of thing like was there? I mean, I, I do. I always think that with any team has, has, has that. Um, even just with, with the kind of travel. I mean, I know it's only Spain or whatever. I, I always do think that's an effect. It used, I always used to think it used to happen quite a lot. Um, they would play on a Thursday or a Wednesday, whatever it was, and the old firm game would be after it. Yeah. In the start of the old firm game. After a European game was never well, as good as it would that be. That happened just at that one there. That, uh, yeah, one exactly. Ibrox and the game wasn't wasn't really the greatest yeah. either. So but I, I do I do think that's an impact. But I'm sorry, you're not telling me that Celtic don't have enough to go to Livingston and don't be starting their nonsense about blaming the pitches and all this right. carry on. It's it's unacceptable. And I know we had a wee chat about it earlier on about Celtic's bench. If that is what Celtic are offering, I would like to know. We have the 60,000 season ticket holders money and if that's what they can put in our bench today because that's I said a, that bench wouldn't win the league at the Power League on a Monday night. <laughs> but that's a that's a thing though. If Ange Postable, if he's looking for a goal, nothing on that, nobody on that bench is going to get it. That's the, o- the no only goal. the only forward thinking player is Mikey Johnson who <laughs> wouldn't even get a game at the Power League or any <laughs> of the teams because he's absolutely terrible, that kid. And he always has been terrible. Um, so... It was it's embarrassing for Celtic, but again, this isn't a one-off. This is three defeats in six games. You think though, there's a big, there's potentially a, there's two sides to Celtic. I know we've touched on this before. That going forward, we've seen how good how good they can be. They've scored some terrific goals, but they're always going to give goals away. Just with this, we saw it on Thursday night. Brilliant going forward. Go two 0 up, lose four goals. Is that Aye. is that how Celtic is that how Celtic are? Like, I don't know. It's well, we 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 this was the same last season as well. Defence was so poor, and they can give as much grief to the likes of Greg Taylor, etc., as they want. And that's why I was going to touch on when we mentioned about Stephen Glass. The myth that is Ange Ball is you know if you don't have the players, yes, he can buy into a system, but see if he can't do it, then don't do it. 
and it's it's show, it's showing you what a miss Kyogo is. Mm-hmm. Um, the, 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 I mean, I know they scored a few goals against Betis, but they, let's be honest, they were poor as well. Um, but I, I just I, I think for any, I mean, this must be Celtic's worst starting, you know, since the Brady Macari era. I think it is actually. I think it is Macari. Fifty percent win rate in the league. When I, again, I know they're only what four five points behind. Um, but and again, it wasn't particularly a poor start in the eleven. You know, Roglic played, Turnbull played. You know, it was Ball and goal. It was a strange one. Unbelievable. I mean, if the Celtic fans are criticising Greg Taylor for his performances, do you know what I mean? Let, let's let's see them go in this. And as I say, and I touch back on what we mentioned with Stephen Glass earlier. Angie isn't he going to get three or four years to get this right. I am quite confident he'll get another ten to fifteen million probably to spend in January. But see if he's 15, 20 points behind, they're not going to give him that money till the, the season. And are Celtic happy to sit and wait 56, 57, 58 before they get the league title back? I wouldn't be surprised. But do you think, though, there's a big, there's a big thing, a big kind of, he'll get that support because of, I think the fans have fell in love with him. Would you agree with that? I think they have. I, but, and and but, they've, got, they've, got to give, they've got to give the guy a chance. And they know how bad the situation was to get a manager. That's it's a results-based business. Right. I agree. So Angie can be the greatest coach, the greatest fella, the, the nicest fella in the world. And I think he is. I think he comes across really, really yeah, well. Yeah, he definitely. He people out. He's, he doesn't take any nonsense. But it's results. And results and now performances like that, are, I'm sorry, they are completely unacceptable for Celtic. And I know you can have a wee one-off game, but it's not one-off game. It's now three defeats. You know, and and I really, really don't know, you know, where where how Celtic's going to pan out. You know, I mean, I tipped Rangers at the start of the season because when we were doing the predictions, they didn't have a Celtic didn't have a manager. But home wins against Dundee and St. Martin playing Ange ball isn't isn't he cutting it? You know, to challenge for the league title. I'm sorry, Shankers. What was your thoughts in the Livingston one Celtic now? Was it a was it a shock? Obviously, it was a shock. But what was your kind of thoughts on it? Was that, I, was I that, what I was trying to say was is that a shock that when Livingston went one nil up Celtic just couldn't get the goal I was you were you were almost just waiting then once you get the first one then the second and the third would come but they play to Livingston they for the game plan and and if the managers actually it's it's what in his favour of course because Andrew Shin he's went he's he's put him up front himself he's no he's not a striker uh He's a, he's a midfielder, probably plays in the middle of the park. And David Martindale probably just says, right, he's experienced, he's played at a, a decent level. He's probably thought, right, I'll stick you up, up front yourself, put yourself about, use your experience. And don't get me wrong, he's, he's an absolute great finish, uh, left foot into the top corner. But I was just waiting on waiting on the goal for Celtic. And you can have as much possession as, as you want in games, uh, but you have to put the ball in the back of it. And, People, as well as we were talking about earlier, when I looked and when I seen it was 1-0 and I'm thinking who Celtic got to bring on, I looked at their bench and it's it's no nowhere near good enough for... I know for, you can, but you can blame injuries like and stuff like that, but You can blame injuries weak. and stuff like that, but Celtic brought in, I think it was some like 12 or 13 players uh, in the summer there. Yeah. And the, be- the bench is still... Looks absolute bare minimum. Maybe Soro, Beaton, etc. have been there for, for a few years and, and, and you can say they're starters as well. But Celtic doing one now, I'm looking at two or three players that, that you can bring on and change the game and flip it in your head and 
and they didn't have that at all. And it's uh, as slightly worrying in, in that part. But three three away games uh, in the league and three defeats is is worrying for Celtic. And it's all right uh, playing this good football. Is as well to say is it at home? Is it more than that? And that's the thing we're, we're touching on the best game. I think more uh, and just pride cost Celtic during the week by when they went up to nil instead of saying right up to nil yeah, we'll, we'll sit in we'll mm-hmm. sit in take a see if even if they come back to two each a draw wouldn't it be the worst result over there but if you're up to nil and you go and lose four goals I think his pride is, is cost him the, the result more than anything because he's saying right we're up to nil we're not going to stop playing the way we, we're playing uh, it's not as if they had to go for the game two, two goals are away from home and I know they've they've got up to now playing that way but for me if, if I'm a manager I got to now away from home in Europe I'm like ah, right game management now yeah. get, get in the game concentrate fully don't need to be throwing committing bodies forward and, and stuff like that going for the, the juggler because you're up to now and I think it's pride for Celtic uh, at the week in Europe and I think it, it could happen in, in some of the league games as well maybe the tighter ones uh like uh, away to Easter Road, Tynecastle, Petaudry, rallying, going, going and trying to get, if you're up to now, going and trying to go three, four, five, and it could end up costing them by doing too many bodies and maybe playing the, the one style of play. But we'll, we'll I, see. I don't, I don't think, Shan, because I don't think, the, not, not even necessarily the tactics, but he doesn't have the personnel to go and sit in the league. You know, the aye. weakest part of Turnbull's game is defending. The weakest part of Rodgers' game is defending. Aye, aye, you know what aye. I mean? And, that, and, that, and, that, and that's why they, they, they couldn't do that. They thought what was McCarthy like? like? Four-year contract. Is, is, was, he, was he on fat or was it... I, 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 get, what, I never seen the game on the telly, but I got told he was, he was giving the ball away a lot, he misplaced passing stuff like that. And you can never give him the benefit of the doubt he's, he's kind of first start and he, he's missed out a lot of football in the, the past few years but for somebody that's played at the level he's played at you're expecting him to be dictating the, the types of games for me and what I heard because I, I never seen the, the full game I've seen the highlights but i never seen the full game and you're expecting him to come in if, if Callum McGregor's no there he's the next one you're looking at to, to get the game themselves he's doing one he'll get the game to scruff the neck and, and give the boys a kind of G up and for what I heard the it wasn't really a, a good performance. It wasn't a good performance for any of them. Of course, they lost one 0 but especially, especially him. But Celtic will just be looking for a for a wee shake and a wee jog and, and try and go and pick up more results again. Charlie, so we knew obviously when Postecoglou came in, it was going to be a sort of transitional season. They would need to get a new a new team and things like that. Celtic should still have enough to go and beat Livingston away from home. You would think so. Um, but when you're starting effectively with your third and fourth striker who you would want to do it, then it becomes a whole different ball game because I'm sure John Kennedy and Gavin Strachan would have told Postecoglou, Livingston are going to sit in. So even we go away from home, nine times out of ten, they're going to sit in. So we have to have these quality players to break them down, to stretch the game and take it with regards to their... Um, I'd be Celtic surprised Honey if Honey won. Maybe Strachan knew that. Yeah, Celtic Honey won at Livingston in the last five visits, so they haven't oh, got a result. I think it's longer than that. I think it's, yeah, for their, I think it's three uh, years. I think it's three years, I think. So, so maybe the, the, the wee stadium, the thing day, it's psychological with regards to that. But 
you came better than me, guys. When you when you're looking at seventy minutes and you're still and you turn to the you turn to the bench and you think to yourself, I need a goal here, but who am I? You're right. You've highlighted that it's defensive midfielders that are in the bench who they're not going to create that wee bit of guile. A Getty had a Yeti had a chance. He pulled it with regards to there. The Livingston goalkeeper defend a couple of good saves and and that aspect. But you're right. If you're looking at it and you're saying to yourself, Livingston away from home, we should be going there and getting maybe no one in three and four and five, nothing. But you should be maybe one in two one with regards to there. But uh, back to the point that, that Mark had made, maybe that's what, why I had a couple of bad games was I was coming back for Europe midweek and then turning up on the Saturday and the Sunday. Well, that was a couple of bad seasons, but I'll say that. I would like to think they players were not in the last after the game. You were. <laughs> <laughs> he was out of the how did we get him sometimes? That's what I wonder. <laughs> Left Jays McFadden in Korea, whatever it was. <laughs> we'll move on to... Well, Postacoglu, well, he'll, he'll get the time, he'll get, he'll get the, the, the concept. Mark was saying about 20 million in, in the January window with regards to there. But it's... it's what's that 20 million going to get you? But as well as I said, it is results. It's, it's a result, especially in Glasgow. I'm saying, I, 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 said, I said 10 to 15, but the problem is he's going to sign five or six players for that 10 to 15, whereas he needs maybe two seven million pound players to, to, to like a striker and a creative midfielder. You know, that's what I was, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Exactly. He, need, he needs to go out and have a marquee sign. Yeah. Do you know, do you know what I mean? It's going to get bums on seats and, and, and try and challenge, but. I actually fear the way things are going, you know, and I know Rangers are going to touch on that soon. They're not as good as they were last mm -hmm. season. By, by January, I know from defeat in January, they could be cuttings. And I don't think, a 100% agree with you, I don't think Livingston will kick on for this, because when Livingston play the likes of St Johnston, they're not going to have eight, ten, nine men behind the ball and, and play it for that, so I don't think they'll have the, 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 the players and that to go on and do that, so... Um, Martindale made a, break, a big statement that they'll still be in the league. Proofs in the pudding, as you say, from that point, but I think they'll be doing their fighting all season. We'll move into the final game of the weekend in the Premiership. Rangers won, Motherwell won. Obviously, it was flag day at Ibrook. Sakala gave Rangers a league before Woolery equalised the second half. Shankers, it was probably the best Rangers had played all season up until maybe 70 minutes because they were playing some good stuff, but my opinion was Quite wasteful in the final third, sloppy in the first, the kind of first third, giving the ball away, making mistakes. Probably sums up Rangers' performance today, I would say. I thought, I don't know about up to 70 minutes. I thought definitely the first 45, I yeah. thought, for, for middle to front, the the movement, the interchanging, the, the the front three, one touch passing, we moved and stuff like that. And, and as you said, you can do all that. You could do that all day if you want, but you have to put the ball in the back of the net. And then the day when Rangers scored their first goal, which I will say, and, and Charlie will hopefully back me up. I, I thought it was offside. Somebody uh, offside, aye. Sakala, you see it from a couple of different angles, and the one through behind the goal confirmed it. Aribo, when Aribo wins his header, Sakala's stand, standing offside position. I wasn't sure if as soon as Aribo touches it, then he moves into it, but he's standing there. And how a linesman who's standing in line with that, can you see that? It just shows you. But Rangers got 1-0, and 
and to be honest, I was expecting them to go and, and get another two, three goals, but wasteful in the final third. Uh, too, too many times going side to side. Kamara lost the ball more times than I've, I've ever seen him lose the ball today. Stephen Davis, first half was brilliant. Uh, second half, Rangers were you said, very wasteful, putting deep balls in for I mean, uh, other they, uh, they, they kind of stopped doing what they did in the first half. They were aye, going through he, them. It was aye, more kind of panicky. It was, it was more like, direct. And Tavernier's putting crosses in for wide areas, but 30 yards deep, no, like yeah, in yeah. line with 18 yard box, like for almost uh, 10 yards inside his own half and stuff like that. And I just thought they, they went away for all the good work they did in the first half, just half time, just went without the wind. And, and you probably. Say mother were, were worthy at that point for that. Oh, definitely. And it, it wouldn't know the opposition's always in the game. And as long as they're always in the game, they're, they're a danger. And, and I thought the defending for Rangers' goal was ambled, to be honest, uh, for something to, to barish it's too slow. There's some gap between the centre and half, something yeah, like that. There is. Uh, they, were, they were all over the place. They were, they were strung out. And, and later on in the game, when it went one each, I, I didn't think Rangers were coming back into it. They, they were panicking at one no attacking. They were they were throwing balls in all over the place. They, they weren't sticking to, to what they were doing in the first half. And when it went one each, you could, you could have blown a full-time whistle then because Rangers weren't the scoring. There was no clear-cut chances. I can't believe they managed to lift it as late to, to make a change in the second half. I thought yeah. Gerard was one of the ones where if he sees it, the standards of performance uh, dropping after 10 minutes. And, but, all right, I need a chance to get somebody, put somebody on uh, and, and kind of get the tempo in that back. And it just never happened. It just wasn't, wasn't Rangers day to day. But they'll, they'll, be looking, they'll be looking at it as a point gained now because they uh, Celtic dropped them, dropped them points. But it should, be, it should have been taking three points and opening up the gap. But disappointing day uh, overall. Charlie, what was your thoughts on Rangers 1-1 draw with Motherwell? Motherwell mm. discipline picked up a, a well-earned point, but Rangers were good. How many could times... Yeah, how many times do you see these flag days falling flat in the face? Aye, <laughs> yeah, they just all wiped up. And... They said it before the game. Uh, I think it was the last time Rangers won the league. Yeah, they drew I one each for hearts. They lost... Uh, they lost our, our draw on, on the first day. It's, it's all set up for them. And they, they uh-huh. Yeah, the goal's offside and it's a poor yeah. decision because the guy is standing in the goalkeeper all the time. The hardest decision for an assistant referee is when the striker and defender cross over. One's going one way. But I always give the benefit of doubt for that, but that there, that's an, an easy decision for the, for the assistant. The only thing I can maybe even offer is Huz Aribo in the front post blocked his, his oh. view but looking at it and scrutinising it no it's a poor decision it should have been uh, chopped off credit to Alexander 4-3-3 matching up going for it with regards to that I think Graham Alexander will be the first manager suspended for picking up eight cautions and from there again he picks up a yellow card for his, his protest from that I thought it was a shout for a penalty for both teams mm. in the game as well um, but Again, is it the fringe players? These, these guys will be training week, day in, day out with them. So it's not as if you're flinging them into a new, a new setup or whatever. They should be training to play 4-3-3 or whatever with regards to there. The back four 
there was only the one change was Simpson, uh, very, very out of place for the goal. So it's not as if there was massive changes with regards to that, but again, they were flat. Sometimes, as you'll know, when you give the ball away, it's not always the guy that's on the ball's problem. There's no movement or nothing. They never created in the second half as many as what in the first half for there. So, and again, um, they'll. I, I, I'm a believer of somebody's got an ear on what's happening. And I think at half time, they would have knew that they could scores and let's go for it. But they just didn't show that. They didn't go, they go for it for there. So, as it's because of the results, yeah, I agree with what Shankers has said there, Ken, as much as it's a point, but it could have been the, the three aspect. Wilson, I've got a theory that this Rangers team potentially are mentally tired from the season they had last season. Has there validity to that? Well, it shows you how poor they are when they don't get help from the referees and the linesmen. <laughs> I, think, I think that's the first thing, you know. It was a, a, dub, a dubious penalty last week and then an offside goal this week um, has got them kind of four points. Um, and there's no surprise there, you know, self-confessed Rangers fan, uh, Stephen McLean, ref in the day. So that, that doesn't surprise me. And I'm not surprised when Alexander gets booked because that's probably what we'll be talking about. Whereas when you get into Europe and they play against European teams that don't care about the Rangers' history and all that, they don't quite seem to get things their own way and their disciplinary record, etc. Europe's very poor, as, as are the results. So, yes, yes, it's, a, you know, it's, it's offside, but... Obviously, not surprised that the goal was given, especially with 20,000 bears in the governed stand shouting at the referee, all, all, all sorts. So, even McLean's yeah. a commander fan because he's dad. And he's, he's, he's well, I could tell I mean, he's, he's dad's a lovely man, Stuart, a lovely man, but certainly not a commander fan, I can tell you that. <laughs> um, but going on in the game, yeah, as I say, Rangers got a thousand, you know, through the week as well. And and I would, I would note that, you know, they were chasing the ball all the time. Leon are a very good team in that. And that starts out of you, help uh, dense confidence. But I'll go back and Rory Loy continues to laugh at me every time I mention it. I think the problem for a lot of these Rangers players is the crowd. The crowd are on their backs when it's no three, four, nothing. And some of these players can't handle it. Tavernier, I mean, I only saw brief highlights. Tavernier was a nervous wreck. I was. I'll say that. Nervous wreck. And I know he hits penalties, three kicks, etc. But is his performances and his return uh, better than it was at this stage last year? I bet you it isn't. Goals is another one. I don't think fancies, you know, 50,000 folks shouting at him um, either. And as I say, it was a wee bit flat, but yeah, I'm, I'm putting it down just the exertions in Europe again um, for, for Rangers. As I say, it's, it, it now looks like a point gained, obviously, because Celtic lost. Um, but your, your, your theory, what, what was your theory? I think Rangers have put so much into last season that they're potentially mentally tired this year. No. No, I think that's, that's... nonsense. A, a, good, a good team can win a league, a great team can retain it, you know? Um, but they are, they are t- you can see there's, they're not as quick passing the ball. Thursday night, they're well as fluent. There's, they aren't as quick on the ball. They aren't as quick getting, the, getting it forward. I think they're there is a wee bit of merit to it. I'm going to stand by it. Well, of course, you. Of course, you'll think that. I'm absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I can understand the point. I, I don't agree with it, but I can. I can understand why you would think that because I, I said, you know, at this stage, probably last year, 
I think this season of Scottish football could be as flat as I'm anything. Beginning think, I'm beginning to agree with you, yeah, because it was it's going not to be same. 10, it was going to be 55, whatever it was going to be. And that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying, that's what I'm kind of thinking as well. Was Gerard kind of thinking, if I don't win this season, I might be out of a job kind of thing? Was there that kind of wee thing as but well? I think there was that possibility, but I think if, if it had been 10 in a row, I think you'd have seen a massive clear out at Rangers. Yeah, definitely. Uh, 10 yeah. to 15 different players in, whereas obviously Rangers done brown, you know, to go in uh, undefeated through the league season. And you've seen Celtic's reaction. I mean, it must only be what Callum McGregor there. Well, obviously your Mikey Johnson, James Forrest, etc. that don't really play, but um, I, I do, yeah, I, I, take, I take your point on board, but I don't think the gap's closing in terms of, you know, Motherwell good, etc. Um, Scott, it was at pains to say that Motherwell had one shot in target. So 100% record that is, Scott, just in case. Yeah, no, definitely. They, they took their chance well. It was a, Motherwell, well, I, Motherwell I, did I, I, I do think, and, and I think in years gone past as well, you know, again, probably about before your time, Rangers were had very, very, you know, good players and playing in Europe on a Wednesday as it probably was then, they could cope because they were very good players playing the Saturday. Well, <laughs> whereas the standard <laughs> the standards kind of so low. Like I mean, I can remember Rangers, you know, no playing Alan McCoyst in midweek games, you know, in Europe. So and because he would always score on the Saturday against, you know, the Scottish opposition. And that's where they are. Whereas a, Rangers have a decent in-depth squad. But there's still a lot. Of, Scott Wright's probably never played Thursday, Sunday before in his life. You know, since he was at the Scouts or something. Um, <laughs> so you're talking about stats. Rangers had 24 shots, and seven were in target. Was, was Ryan Christie playing for Rangers? <laughs> <laughs> it's a strange one. Yeah. And folk are throwing their boys front of the line, all that, and but. I, I, I do I do put it down to you know a lot of these guys playing in Europe now. As I say, Thursday night was a bit of a thousand, and yeah, there is there is fatigue. And do you think Shanker <laughs> isn't a fan of the boy Simpson <laughs> anyway coming in? Oh. They're playing Balogun, not playing. He's but... very raw, Simpson. I would say like he's you can tell. Do you think there's too big a gap between the first choice strikers and the bench, and who's on the bench strikers? Well, I, I heard a, well, not heard. I saw a few Rangers fans on Twitter saying. Today would have been, and I've, they said this a couple of weeks ago as well. Today would have been the perfect game for Cedric Eaton to come on, to come off the bench and play. And you know, and they've let they've let him go and loan. Good record and against the physical one ahead header, etc. You mm-hmm. know, is, is that what they're missing? But obviously, Morales and Kent are going to be misses because that's Rangers' two two main men. Um, but Morales, come on again. Yeah, I don't think you can man. give Motherwell credit because Rangers absolutely lost them. You know, they, I mean, they got away with a point. They absolutely horsed them, though. So I think it was probably down to Rangers not being clinical enough uh, for not getting all three points. I would have rather rather Jermaine Defoe was on the bench to come off the bench in a game like that. I mean, I know he's a, he's a player coach and he's not featured a lot, but see when, see when Rangers are, are like that and you're getting all these chances, see if you give Jermaine Defoe five chances in a game, he's going to score one of them. Yeah. Like, that's just a matter of fact. So, I'm um, I'm surprised. I think like a game like that, and I know I don't know how much he's going to feature. Whether he'll be playing like League Cup games or Scottish Cup games or whatever, I don't know. I really don't know what the what the plan is. But uh, but so you are you laying the blame at Gerrard's door, Shankers today? Sometimes the managers I, go to I, take, Sometimes managers have got to stand up and say, "Ten, I got it wrong." I, I was. Saying about McPake there, mate. And sometimes you've got to turn around and say to yourself, Ken, no, I wish I had started with him or I brought him on at half time. 
But you, you think the referees and the linesmen do that, Charlie? Do you think they'll be? Hey, there's many happen? times you've many times you've got any dressing room after a game and you've said, I was shite today. And you, know, and you hold your hand up and, and it's a case I just get showered and get away out the road. And and it's the big the big enough man just puts his horn up and says, I I was rubbish. So, so you're telling me the referees today don't go up the marble staircase and pick up their envelopes? <laughs> <laughs> Never saying? done that, mate. Never done that. Never. They usually come to us. We go on YouTube and check usually come to us. We don't go running after them. <laughs> and the envelopes already in the room when you come back in for the game. And the keys. Tuck it into his, his brown shoes. And the keys to my holiday home in Barbados. <laughs> We'll move on to take a look at the championship. We're just going to fly through these quickly. Dunfermline now, Inverness now, Morton now, Wraith one, Hamilton now, Air two, Partick Thistle now, Kelly two, Queen of the South now, Abroath two. Wilson, give us your rundown of the championship. What result caught your eye? Ooh, I think I think there was a few. To be fair, I think was it only Inverness that didn't win away from home. Yes, that's correct. Right. Yeah. Um, so that been good for some coupons yesterday. The Kelly results obviously very important. And that's, that's what's going to win your leagues when you go to big rivals uh, and win the game. And according to a friend of the show, Mark Roberts, punditry yesterday for Kelly TV, it was a thoroughly deserved uh, three points. Again, I think, and as, again, it absolutely pains me to say, but you have to look at the upturning air United's fortunes. I worry yeah. for Hamilton a wee bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can't even win the league. <laughs> <laughs> and two, two, two wins in a row for air when they change managers. So is that give Doug, is that Dev Jim Buffy a chance of getting the job? Or? Well, well, sure I, would, I would think so. I mean, oh, Charlie's, Charlie's shaking his head. Fellas oh. in, Charlie. Charlie, what's the exclusive? The problem with Jim is his health. Right. What was it? Oh, I'd better touch on that one. Um, who, who's, <laughs> who's Jim Duffy's assistant, Charlie? Do you know who's? David White. I probably will be, actually. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, no. Uh, uh, he's uh, the Michael Beal of Vega United. The brains behind the operation. I heard he's the Ian Beal of Ian United. Happy Beal. The Chambly chat was open. As I say, it was it was good that Ian Van Ness brought points from a command point of view. But what what I did hear now again, I heard on the radio on was it Saturday morning, maybe Friday night, Saturday morning that. The Dunfermline fans were planning a walkout. Yeah, I heard that. Eh? Because they were bottom of the league. And she was five, five games in, you know, and therefore, where, where do they expect to be? You know? Yeah, uh, a, a lot of them are not happy because I think the manager had, had a, supposedly had a fallout with Dom Thomas and, and he was kind of getting frozen out. And I think he was actually one of the, he's one of the kind of better players and that. That's just a thing that I was reading. Reading online and and they were saying Ken they were actually wanting the manager to go and so as Ken Dom had come back into the team and I watched the film at Ibrox all week then Rangers took five or six off them and and the, although you would expect Rangers to do that to a championship team like the Fermlin but they were very very poor and Rangers scored after about thirty seconds or something like that, or a minute and that was that. That was it, basically, Cotton. So I'm not really too surprised to see them. I don't, I mean, again, results based. I, I don't think, I mean, Pierre Grant didn't do great at all. I got them relegated, then get the Dunfermline job. So oh, yeah, it was a strange one. Very, man. very strange. And he's a, he's, a, he's, he's a really nice guy. You know, he, I think he comes across 
well as well. Had a good playing key and a good pedigree down south, but yeah. obviously the championship in Scotland's not. Spent a lot of time with Tony Mowbray, didn't he? Was it with Tony Mowbray at Celtic, I think he was there yeah. at West Brom, wasn't he? Yep. Mm-hmm. So hey. maybe that shows you then. Uh, why he's getting stacked for Allowind Inferno. <laughs> um, but no, I, I would stick, I think, I think Kelly Party, I think that's a statement from Kilmarnock after the, you know, they bounced back for the disappointment losing to Inverness. So, Kilmarnock. A bro, shout out for a Oh, bro. definitely, yeah. Every week, every, every week that's the same, but unfortunately, their bubbles will burst on Friday night, so. Oh, we'll they Kilmarnock. Kilmarnock away there on Friday night, so. Kilmarnock away there. Aye, that's a bite, you up, you up, Wilson? Absolutely, Friday night. <laughs> Half eight, what? Don't tell my boss, don't put this out, please. Uh, Friday night live report, and I'm home to get hit by a wave at the corner flag. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move into League One. A lot of results to get through there. Airdrie 3, East 5-0. Clyde 2, Queen's Park 2. Falkirk 1, Dumbarton 2. Montrose 0, Alawa 2. Peterhead 0, Cove 1. Shankers, give us your result of the weekend in League One. It has to be Dumbarton 2, Falkirk 1. Definitely. Uh, Dumbarton uh, doing pretty well so far, joint top of the league. Uh, they're only really, they had a really poor start to be fair. I, don't, I think they were one less in the first three games, if I'm right in saying. Stevie Farrell uh, is there. He's he's really turned things around and, and good on them because there's, there's Cove, Falkirk, Queen's Park, who are all, who are all tipped to be up there. And, and Dumbarton are up there. I know there's only seven games played, but when you're on that, that run and, and you're winning a, a few games in a row, everything goes your goes your way. And it, it's good to see them up there and upsetting the odds of the teams who are expected to be up there. So fair play to them. And it would be good to see if see them uh, up there uh, towards the end of the season since Stevie Farrell's are kind of a local fella to these areas. Yeah, definitely. League One looks to Even be very... Even though he's an ex-Cumnock manager. <laughs> <laughs> League One looks, looks to be very open. There's only three points between first and seventh, so it's a, it's looking to be a very tight That's league. The thing. If you go in a run of three or four wins, you're up there, but also if you go in a, a run of losing three or four, then yeah, yeah. that could do right down there. So. Yeah, we did think it would be a tight league to start with, but it's, it's, we didn't think there'd be as many teams kind of close, but there's seven teams kind of so far that's... Started really well. League two, we'll be through them. Edinburgh City two, Stirling two, Albion nil, Kelty three, Cowdenbeath one, Forfar one, Elgin nil, Annan two, and Shrinvar two, Stenhouse Muir nil. Charlie, give us your thoughts in League two. What was your result of the weekend? You, you're all be shouting for your pal down at Stenhouse. Yeah, for there, the, <laughs> Stenhouse Muir are just above them with regards to that side of things. I'm going for Annan. Annan. Travelling the length of the country uh, and, and taking a 2 nothing with regards to there. Unsavoury things are coming out of Cliftonville again. So for the paper's comments. Yeah, Nathan, um, that's the, that the second Austin. time again. Lots of unsavoury things coming out of Cliftonville. You mean Clifton Hill, Charlie? <laughs> that's what I said, Clifton Hill. Did I say Cliftonville? <laughs> Sorry. Well, what, 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 there. what happened? Uh, Nathan Austin has uh, obviously scored a hat-trick and was subjected to racist abuse. Obviously, out of order. Second time, I think Rico Katongo as well was last week. That was So it's obviously two times in the past two weeks. And, that and was, that, was that not where David Cox was? Yes. That was a player, certainly. wasn't the fan. That was yeah, he came out for there. Yeah. So I'm going for Annan. I'm going for Annan. Travelling the length of country. And the old cliche, it's a difficult place to go. <laughs> and they've got quality up there. They've got quality up there, Melbourne. 
Quality but that's about it. Well, that was our look at the SPFL Championship League One and League Two. We'll also do a player of the week on Twitter on Monday morning. We'll come up at what's coming up quickly. We'll look at the four games in the League Cup this week. We have Wednesday, the D versus St Johnson. We'll just get through the, the panel. Give us a prediction for the D versus St Johnson, Wilson. <laughs> that's the worst person you could ever ask. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I'm going. I'm going to. I'm. I'm going to curse Callum Davidson again because uh, his name's on the trophy, and you don't tend to see them retain it. Um, I'm going to go two 0 Dundee Lee Griffiths with a double. Ooh, big call, Shankers. Who we got? St Johnson. Uh, I'll go with them. Is that is that Dundee? It's at Dens Park, I Dundee. At Dens Park. Uh, I'll go with St Johnson. Eh? They sneak it one now or or win it in an extra time or penalties or something if, if that's what it goes to. Charlie Dundee St Johnson at Dens Park. Give us a wee prediction. Uh, four yellow cards, a couple of corners. But then I'm going St Johnson two nothing. I'm, I can see St Johnson winning it tight maybe even the next time in penalties as Shanker says I just think St Johnson potentially could just have enough Rangers versus Livingston that game I think will be live on Premier Sports mm-hmm. Wilson give us a prediction Rangers versus Livingston can uh, Livingston no, no, no the lie down the <laughs> lie down I'm going to go 4-0 Rangers two penalties <laughs> one sending oh. off Couple of side goals. <laughs> Aye. I absolute thousand for Livingston. A thousand. But it, it, I'll go Rangers minus four. There you go. So anything like that, be an absolute dude. Shankers, Rangers, Livingston. I would I would fancy uh, a wee shake up in the Rangers steaming and Rangers will be I'll be gone for gone for blood after dropping points today. So we'll be going to make a statement. Some players will be be looking to prove a point again after a uh, second half performance today. So I'm going to go 3 0 Rangers. 3 0 Rangers. Charlie, Rangers versus Livingston. What is your thoughts? Did the uh, Rangers go to this stage last year at, at, yeah. in that trophy? So Gerard has yet to yeah, win a cup. He's yet to win a cup for that side of things. So I think. Charlie, you're not going this slogan if you say things like that. Uh, I think he'll. <laughs> really hammer home and wanting to get a good performance and, and get that monkey off his back if he is that for that. And Livingston will come and sit in, so I think they'll keep it to about 3 nothing. Rangers 3 nothing. <laughs> they'll keep it. I'll go 2 I'll go, I'll go 2 nothing. 2 nothing Rangers. Thursday night, Celtic versus Wraith Rovers. Can Celtic bounce back, Wilson? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know. Um... Again, you need to wait and see, but again, it's a wee bit similar to Gerard. I don't think Postacoglu can start bringing in guys, you know, youth players, etc., to give them to see how they are in the first team. Wraith will be no mugs. Again, they'll be stuffy, they'll be hard to break down, and John McGlynn is a very good coach and a very good manager. Um, but it's a tough one to call, but I'll go 1-0 Celtic. Shanker Celtic versus Wraith at Parkhead. See, just, just doing this. Surely, if it's Rafe Rovers and Bob Rory Loy will be doing the, the BBC um, commentary, he, I, think he gets it. I think he's going to be I saw. Uh, he gets I saw all the Rafe, 
The no, but I saw Dermot games. Desmond coming out saying that all former Rangers players are banned from <laughs> So Rory hasn't made the cut. You'll have to watch it in the studio. Hey, was, it no, was it no if, if you played a combined minute, uh, a minute's over 90? So I think you should be all right. No, I, I think it's if you drove through the gates at Murray Park once and blew up the boys, then that's sure you're, you're done. I think Celtic will be comfortable. I agree with Walton. I don't think. I think they'll make too many, too many changes, uh, but I think they'll be comfortable uh, three or four months. Charlie, Celtic versus Wraith. Did Wraith uh, Rovers not have a great cup victory once over that team back <laughs> with their... Paul McStay missed the penalty. That's right, I think, I think McGlynn's got Wraith playing really, really well. They'll try... They'll sit behind the ball. It's up to Celtic with regards to go out and play, excite the fans, keep them on their side. Um, I don't think it'll be as easy as there. I'd probably say Celtic uh, maximum 2 nothing. Maybe even just one, but maximum 2 nothing. I'll go Celtic 4 now. I think Celtic will bounce back comfortably. We'll move on to the final game of the League Cup quarterfinals. D United versus Hibs at Tanadice. Wilson, the D United Habs, who will prevail? Hmm, that's a tough one. Dundee United will be confident bouncing off a Derby victory and Habs maybe a wee bit flat. Um, it's a tough one to call. Who, who put Hearts out? Hearts not in it. Celtic put Hearts out. That's right. As a last um, one. <laughs> uh, ooh, I'll go. I think that's an extra time and penalties written all over it. So I'll go Dundee United on penalties. Shankers, Dundee United versus Habs. And the United are uh, are on a wee, a wee bit of good form now. Uh, the the managers is kind of it's a wee bit of a surprise man when he got appointed, but he's he's living up to it just now. So just be with the momentum that, that they've got the new and, and Hibs uh, no doing too well at, at the weekend there, and, and a wee bit of sticky. I'll go and the United uh, again one hour. Or a draw in the next time or penalties. Charlie, the United versus Hibs, round off the predictions for us. Um, I think Hibs will uh, come out there and absolutely destroy the United. I think they'll really, really come out and say to yourself, right, everybody makes jokes about we've Hibs that, we've Hibs that, we've Hibs that. Let's go and get ourselves back to, to beyond and get to a final. From that side, I think so. I think they'll come out and, and then they can hibs it in the final, and then they can hibs it in the <laughs> final. But at least you're there and get a, a runners up medal. I think they'll go two nothing hibs. I'm going to go for hibs two one, possibly an extra time. I don't think hibs will bounce back. And have is is Lawrence Shanklin injured? Uh, Lawrence he's Shanklin's away to Belgium. Belgium. He's away to Belgium. So I don't. Oh, is he away? Is he? I get sold there. I'll go hibs it off. <laughs> Mark Wilson keeping up to date with Scottish football news. Six hundred thousand. I'm only interested in one Shankland, and that's enough for me. We were. I think he went. I think he scored the other day. I think he did. I think he scored yeah. for beer shots. You know, you know and I keep tweeting them all the time or texting them all the time. How many goals does that Clamala score for New York Red Bull? I know. Has <laughs> he scored all the time? Every week he scores. I think he scored like the past five games or something. Is Ronnie Dylan or the manager there? He's no, the he's manager of New York City. Oh, Clamala plays for Red Bulls. 
We are going to wrap up the show there. We will be back on Friday with a Scottish Football Show Extra. We will talk, I don't know who we're going to be on, on with yet, but we'll keep you updated on social media. We'll also be talking about the Scottish Cup and we'll have a Ryder Cup special this week on the channel. So stay tuned for that. So we're going, a, we're going to have a fascinating week on the channel. So please stay tuned. Thanks very much to Wilson, Shankers and Charlie for being on the show. But an absolute pleasure as always. No worries at all. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thanks very much to everyone who tuned in and subscribe as always to our podcast and YouTube channels and follow us on social media. Thanks very much, everyone. We'll see you soon. Cheers.